Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Welcome to Records and Fans. I'm Rob Jones. Sam is joining me as usual. Hello. Sometimes, some weeks, this show is curated like a fine mixtape. It's put together with time and taste and a clarity of vision. Other times, it's like a visit to the charity shop with a fiver in your pocket and you're grateful for an armful of Dido CDs. This could be one of those nights. Um, So at very short notice, uh, we have a change of plan. We were going to be joined by my daughter, Lillian, and she's come home from school with a sore throat and she doesn't sound great, to be honest. So we've put her off a little bit. We were going to be talking about Beyonce and Avril Lavigne. And we've had a very quick change of plan. And yeah. I think we're just going to have a bit of a catch up and then we'll get mm. on to some records later on um, yeah. that we both love. How are you anyway? I'm good. Yes, I'm good. We seem to have fallen into a bit of a routine of giving some birthday shout outs on the show. Yes. Yeah. So this week I would like to wish a happy 55th birthday to Mr. Billy Corgan, the proto emo goth pixie man of Smashing Pumpkins. Thinks the world's a vampire, doesn't he? Is also a 50th birthday for your mate from Blink-182, Mark Hoppus. Yes, yes. Very happy birthday indeed, considering this time last year we weren't sure if he'd be yeah, with us. Yeah, he was Very, poorly. Yeah. Apparently he'd, he accidentally told the world about his um, cancer treatment. Who did he? So basically, from what I was reading, he was... He took a picture of getting his first chemo treatment to send on Instagram to like his close friends and family. Ah, uh, okay. But put it out to like ev- to his like one million mm. followers, and then yeah. like all the radio stations started ringing him up and stuff yeah. while he's oh, getting cool. his chemo. Brilliant. Yeah, so he's like, I, I accidentally did that. So, oh, fair play. It's a pretty in- in- inspiring story from a great man. I was thinking about it actually earlier. Um, Again, and he's on that Avril Lavigne. That's it. Record. Yeah, yeah. Um, I won't um, keep keep my powder dry a little bit because I don't want to be repeating myself. But yeah, I think he often gets sort of. He's almost a little bit like he's just he's just the bass player of Blink. But I think there's, there's a lot more to it. Like from what I can see, like I think it, I'm not sure how evenly the writing was always split. But like Mark seems to be like. Like the heart and soul of the band, almost like you know, like Travis is the talent, almost, and like Tom DeLonge's kind of like the front man, the face of it. And then Mark just seems to sort of be like, you know, because he kept it going, didn't he? He could very easily have thought, no, fuck this, I'm jacket. Like, you know, once Tom left, Travis would have been fine doing whatever he wanted to do, but it seems like he's kept that going almost. But I don't know, maybe he is thinking that he doesn't want to let it go. And fair play to him, you know, he's hoping that. One day Tom will say, come on, let's, let's do it again, sort of thing. It's a bit like um, Iron Maiden, where like Steve, it's Steve Harris's band, he's a bass player, but Bruce Dickinson is the face of the band. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, no, a great guy. And I was listening to that Avril Lavigne album, which we, uh, which we will talk about, so again, we'll get into it. And I didn't realise he was on it, so that was a really nice surprise. Speaking of Blink One Eight Two, um, you know we had Jason on and we were talking. I mentioned about seeing Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, 
I had a look at the lineups on for, for that was going on the other state on other stages and that on that day. Yeah, and I think I'd mentioned before that Blink One Eight Two had opened the Vans Warp Tour stage on that day. Yeah, did you happen to see who opened the tent that Fountains of Wayne were playing? No, I didn't. And this will also hark back to things I've said before. So Coldplay opened that tiny tent. Really. In, in August 1999, and when I came back from Australia in mm. August 2000, Coldplay were fucking everywhere. Yeah. Well, so imagine first that. on the bill on a Sunday lunchtime in a tent at Reading. I'd imagine um, that would be, like, the album would have, so Parachutes, is, the, is it Parachutes, the first Coldplay album? Yeah, well, that came out in the July of 2000. So, I just saw it. I was shocked, and I've been doing a quite a bit looking at festival stuff this last couple of weeks because I'm doing a big Woodstock '99 yes. show with Jamie from Talking Dad this Friday, which you'll probably get the idea of when we get to like some of the stuff I've been listening to recently. Oh right, I've okay. I've been doing some research on that. Nice. Um, um, I think it's quite good fun to look at those old lineups and think like, who did you watch instead of watching? Somebody, like, you know, mm. I know you're not into Coldplay, but, like, you, you probably just had a lie in. You're probably drinking cans of Carly yeah. in the tent, you know, and, and sort of, like, who you would have watched, who you would have watched then compared to sort of, like, oh, fuck, I can't believe I missed them sort of thing. Well, without bl- blowing my load too early for Jamie's yeah. podcast on Friday, it seems that at that Woodstock, it's like on the um, on the Saturday night, you had Limp Biscuit. Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a lot going on on the other stage. Yeah. Whereas, like, I've been at, at festivals, it's like, do I really want to watch Ice Tea, but I really want to watch the Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. I really want to watch Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, but I also want to watch Bad Religion. Mm-hmm. So there's always a decision that has to be made, and that kind of keeps numbers down in certain spots. Yes, yeah. I think that's the best, you know, by having that diverse, uh, a, a more diverse lineup or spreading the lineup out more evenly helps, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. I'm just, I'm just I just picked a random year out here and I'm looking at Leeds and Red in 2003. Was that the year we went? No. This was Lincoln Park Blur Metallica headlined. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember if we went to the Red and all the Leeds, but I think the Red in. I'm looking at the lineup, and like Jay Z played like halfway up the bill, and like mm. I know would never have even contemplated watching Jay Z back then. Played before Placebo and Blink One Eight Two, but yeah, yeah, just, just stuff like that I find quite interesting. I'm looking at some of the other other bands that sort of oh yeah, what, what did I watch them? I think this might have been the year I saw the Darkness twice in a day. Don't really like the Darkness. No, we were watching um, Beyonce Homecoming, the Coachella performance me and Lily on the sofa last night yeah just looked at her and said like if we get the chance do you want me to take you and she's like yeah yeah she's like, like the look on her face was like yeah that, and, I, and I was like do you want me to take you or do you want mum to take you and I looked at her and I was like please say me <laughs> but you know because I've said I think I've said before that you know there's not many bands I could be bothered to go and see mm-hmm. now and like I've, we spoke earlier that, you know, even Pearl Jam at Hyde Park, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can be asked. Yeah, yeah. But I think I would risk it for uh, Beyonce. Yeah. I listened to them in Aid today. 
like twice. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Sorry, that's for another. This is for another, <laughs> this is for another podcast, isn't it? But but yes, but yeah, that is. I haven't heard all of it to be fair. Right, no, it's really, really, really good, and it's really different to her other stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also. Um, I think we've just missed this one, but it's uh, 10 years since the release of one of my top three Bruce Springsteen albums, Wrecking Ball. Yes. Now, I saw this. I had no idea, and I'm piecing a few bits together here, actually. Um, you said about Hyde Park and stuff. It would be 10 years ago since I saw him there. It was on that tour. Yeah, because that was the other white festival that I went to. Yes, yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't put that together, but I saw... I started following Tom Morello of Racing's Machine fame. On, on Facebook, or not Facebook, on Instagram recently. And he posted, because he plays on it. He plays on uh, Jack of All Trades, oh, right, maybe. Because he'd he done an album with he, quite a lot of that high hopes, is Tom Morello, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but yeah, basically, he was just saying, like, 10 years since, since I had the pleasure of recording with the boss and all this sort of stuff. I think he actually, I think he was the, one of the support acts, actually, for the boss that day. But I didn't see him because he did the Night Watchman, right? Which is sort of like his acoustic kind of B side, not B side, side project mm-hmm. kind of thing, which is quite good if you if you fancy that. It's pretty, um, it's not overly subtle, but you could probably imagine it wouldn't be. It's very protest songy. It's very, yeah. very like I don't know, basic Bob Dylan a little bit. If you know what I mean, it's it's it, it's fine. There's a couple of really good songs on there. But yeah, that's a great record, isn't it? I was thinking um, when we were trying to piece something together quickly, I was like, who can I talk about a lot without any prep? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, The Boss probably. And then I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wrecking Ball. What's your um, favourite tracks off of that? Oh, I'm going to have to get about now. I like Jack of All Trades. Yeah. Because I, I feel quite a personal attachment to that because like just after that come out, I was working for myself and it's like, I will mow your lawn and I'll clear out your gutters and yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah. you've got shelves you want putting up, I'll do that. If you want to pay me, I'll do pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Wrecking, Ball really is like a, Wrecking Ball is amazing. Yeah, brilliant song. Uh, I like Land of Hope and Dreams on mm-hmm. there. Big schmaltzy Springsteen, but it's great. I, th- I feel like we've covered this before. A pre- did we do something Springsteen before? Well, we did our we we did do our um, darkness episode. Ah, yes, yeah. And our some of our favourite records as well. One of the early ones. I was just thinking if I um, Land of Hope and Dreams. I love that song, and it's got a lovely little memory attached to it of singing it to, to Teddy when he was a tiny little baby and he fell asleep on me and like again cried like a war widow. <laughs> we're going to get on to um, some songs we sung to our kids when they were little later on, I think. Okay, nice, nice. This Depression's really good. Yeah, it's a it's a good track. I like Shackled and Brawl. The only ones I'm not too... Or not that I'm not... The weaker ones are You've Got It in Rocky Ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swallowed Up oh, in the Belly of the Whale isn't great. American Man's brilliant. Yeah. At the end. Well, I yeah. think that might, I'm not sure if that's a bonus. Because it... Yeah, I was going to say, I think those last two were bonus, bonus tracks. Oh, yeah, We Are Alive, that's great. We Are Alive. Sorry, they are singing for the next <laughs> There we go. So, there's a few things I wanted to touch on that have been in the news. Did you see about Ed Sheeran being in court over writing and co-writing? 
Yes, I did. Have you got any? I just wonder what your thoughts were on it. I wonder if you read the article I sent you. And... I read bits of it, yeah. I, I can't really bring it to mind, to be honest. But basically, there's another song which sounds like is Shape of You. I can tell you what Shape yeah. of You sounds like. but No. Um, what surprised me was when you go through it, there's like, so there's two the, these two dudes from a band saying, you've clearly ripped off our song. Yeah. We want credit for that. And Ed Sheeran and his five co-writers yeah. are saying, no, we didn't. Yes. But that that's what jumped out to me was that the fact that there's there's Ed Sheeran and five other people involved in writing his songs. But why aren't they all in his band? Well, yes, true. And maybe that's um, just the old man in me, I don't know. No, no, you mean I think it's probably something that's become increasingly common mm. in sort of like pop. Yeah, yeah, like and no, that's fine. I, I, you know, I, I don't really have strong views either way on, you know, it is what it is, kind of. As long as, you know, as long as people who deserve the credit are getting it, if you know what I mean. As long as he's not saying, like, it's all me, it's all me. There's a quote in it that didn't sit right with me, to be honest. So you can tell I've thrown together this is tonight. <laughs> so the headline is Ed Sheeran denies borrowing ideas from unknown songwriters about credit. Okay. And then. There's a big list. Here we are. So, Sharon denied both suggestions. I have always tried to be completely fair in crediting anyone who makes any contribution to any song I write, he told the court. I do refer to other works on occasion when I write, as do many other songwriters. If there mm-hmm. is a reference to another work, I notify my team so, that's, so that steps can be taken to obtain clearance. Like, what... That just says that's just sounds really managementy, bollocksy. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of organic stuff going on there. Like just no. just the, the, just from the phraseology of it, it just doesn't doesn't sit with me. I, I I get what you're saying. It's a very corporate response. Isn't yeah. It? I I wonder if stuff like that is in place. Like like any sort of might reference things, but any if he's not sure, like. That might just be from a sort of like he's just trying to cover his own back. Yeah, oh yeah, bit. I'm sure so it's it is with these, like... but it's just if you haven't ripped if you haven't ripped someone off, don't you say no? I haven't fucking ripped you off. Well, yes, true. But what I would say is, and I've I've another example which we'll come to. I've heard this other song, but only because they played a clip of it on the news. And it does sound very similar. You know, it does. If you if I had written that song and I had heard Ed Sheeran's song, I'd be thinking, "Fuck me, man! How come he's made under a million and I haven't?" When he's, it's the same thing. See Navajo's Jesse J from previous episodes, but at the same time, realistically, has he ever heard that song before? And I don't think that he can then be deemed to be copying something that he hasn't heard. Do you see what I mean? Like, if he goes, "Hey Jude," then. Yeah, fucking hell, obviously you've heard A Jew. Hmm. But I don't I don't think that two things being similar necessarily mean that it's plagiarism. So I I don't really care because mm. like I'm not I'm not into Ed Sheeran. I like I said, I couldn't tell you what either song sounds like. Yeah. I understand what you're saying because like there was the thing with Led Zeppelin and like Led Zeppelin had toured frequently with a band that they were supposed to have ripped off. Yeah. So if you've toured with a band, you've probably heard the song. And exactly, I, it was just that, like, 
five songwriting team mm. in the way, oh, I refer it to my team to get clearance. I was just like, ah, shove it. There was another one that did the rounds, and it was Sam Smith. He had a song, and people were like, oh, that sounds like Won't Back Down, Tom Petty. And I listened to it, and I, I was like, I don't hear it. And, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not like, you know, one of the greatest ear in the world. And I was like, explain, you know, so, so it did a bit of like, explain this to me, basically. How is this? And they were basically, oh, yeah, if you shift the key and slow it down, you get the same melody. And I'm like, that's not really the same no. thing, I don't think. And, you know, people might, you know, you're entitled to your own thoughts on that. But, yeah, I, there's only so many notes at the end of the day. Yeah, so um there was the um Oliver Rodrigo and yeah. Paramore. Hmm. Now I think she's done the right thing because if you can sing one song over the top of the other, you should probably give a writing credit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um and there's a few so so Adele, Adele is there's an Adele song is it rolling in the deep? Yeah, and I think I've said to you before you can pretty much do um give me shelter over the top of the chorus. Yeah. Yeah. But only the chorus. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's... I think... I think it's easy for an artist like Ed Sheeran or Adele or, you know, you've got Adele and the Stones, which is a bit a bit different, but, like, they're kind of easy targets for stuff like this mm-hmm. because you kind of think... And, like, to be honest, if I was Ed Sheeran and, and like, I had to go to fucking court, I'd just say, how much is he going to... Here's four million quid. Fuck off, mate. I don't care. Yeah, it's. I just think there's enough, especially in this Ed Sheeran case, certainly, there's enough like plausible deniability to say, no offense, mate, I've never fucking heard of you. Hmm. Like, I've literally never heard that song before. And it's it's like a, oh, wow, wow. You know, it's not like it's Sweet Child of Mine. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. I think he'll probably end up setting them out of court, give them a lump of money, and that'll be the end of yeah. it. You know, fair play, if that's what they, you know. Um, and I'm not having to pop at the people making the claim either, because they obviously feel they have a case, and, you know, fair enough. But it just feels a little bit a little bit lightweight when it's kind of like, um, rightly or wrongly, they're referred to as unknown songwriters. It's probably not unknown, but they might be. They could very easily yeah. be unknown to... To Ed Sheeran and his team, you know, and some stuff as well. Um, like you hear again, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, so it's a bit, a bit moot, but like you kind of think, um, I don't know what the fuck was it? But like you get like a, a young kid, he's like 19, he writes a song, he puts it out, and someone's like, oh, fucking hell, mate, that sounds like a Tom Petty B side, and he's probably sat there thinking, who the fuck's Tom, Tom Petty, Petty? The, bloke my, the bloke my dad listens yeah. to, what the fuck? But then also you've got you've also got these um you've got people on YouTube who play a cover version mm. and while the system on YouTube is in place that they can't they don't get advertising money from that, they can still go they can still have a Patreon account that people pay yeah. them and say it, it, it is is a tenor, do do a cover of yeah. Shape of You. Yeah. And then he does that it's, on his thing. So he's still earning money by play, doing some yeah. lots of songs. And at some point, they, we get back into tribute acts and yeah. covers, bands, and all of that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I wasn't expecting to get 15 minutes out of Ed Sheeran. But. Well, no, I, do, I think it's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I do. And again, I'm sort of a knob here. 
but like it is something that like when I when I write, it is something that I'm thinking of like we were with Barry, we had this brilliant song. I was like, this is really fucking good. And Nate goes, sounds like something. I can't quite put my finger on it. And I'm like, Nate, it probably just sounds like every other fucking song we do. Just you know. And then we all of a sudden it twigged and it was um Anarchy in the UK. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, we obviously can't do this anymore. You know, because I think I said to you, I wrote, I was writing a story about like um, a kid who start who uh, has to run away from town and goes go to live in New Orleans and becomes a boxer and down to throw a fight. And one day I was just like, I've put like weeks into this, I've put like loads of hours into this, and I think even though I haven't seen the film, I think I've just written on the waterfront. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you can't carry on with it. No, can you? no, and I haven't looked at it. But then also, so there's a um, thing down the uh, down at the local theatre they're doing. You can put in your scripts or monologues or stuff like that, oh, and, yeah. and they'll all sit around like and do like an, a script reading or you know mm. perform. And they can just be five minutes or whatever. So I'm thinking of um, I wrote a couple of things based on you know Half a Woman by Fountains of Wayne. Uh, yes, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a magician, and it's you know, yeah. uh, she's a magician's assistant. So I, I'd written a, like a couple of five hundred word, very short stories, mm. one from the point of view of Great Scott, and one from the point of view of Great Susan. So I was thinking I could work yeah. that up into a little five minute mm. thing and chuck it in the theater. Yeah, but do I have to give credit to Chris Collingwood <sighs> and Adam Schlesinger? Do you know? You know, but like, no, probably not. But it wouldn't exist <laughs> yeah, without. Right. That, wouldn't exist. With, my, no. my my piece of work wouldn't exist without their piece of work. No, I guess. But not. it's very different. That is completely yeah. different medium, isn't it? So, like, where does it end? I suppose is what. I'm yes. Yeah. 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 And like, when does where? And it's almost like where does influence start and finish? Mm. Isn't it? Like, I would consider like a lot of my writing to be very influenced by Jamie T, for example. Mm-hmm. But I also wouldn't say that it, it crosses that line to be in like yeah, a, and you haven't written a song that goes um, Stella goes out of her mate Sheila. Exactly, exactly. And if I could, I, I did do would, no, but... I did do that on purpose. Yes, no, no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I do listen. Just um, about. Also, in the news for all the wrong reasons, is our mate Kanye. I was yeah. I was going to talk to you about the documentary, and I actually haven't got around to watching the documentary yet. But he's been in the news lately for being a bit of a dick. When you like, I don't want to don't want to give excuses for horrible behaviour because you know he is pretty much harassing his ex-wife, yeah. and you know, did we have a text message about thing. this? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I... And like, I can't stand by without sort of. Like you can't have Marilyn Manson on on your. Life I think I text. I think I texted you to like, say like you shouldn't really have allegedly rapey Brian anywhere near you. But the thing is, like, I think three women's accounts mean that it's not allegedly anymore. I think one woman's account needs to be taken pretty well, fucking seriously. Yeah, I agree. And like, I don't know, and I've seen how it sort of unfolded. And I'm not. I'm not. And I'm saying that like it's an excuse, but like. He's clearly not a well man. No. Clearly. And like that doesn't excuse doing because like it's horrendous. Like I get that he's kind of he's gone after Kim Kardashian's new partner. Like, I get that. Like I, you know, that doesn't really bother me. But like the way he was sort of like, she's not single, but 
and she's not single, can you? Because she's got a boyfriend that isn't you. And at the end of the day, again, not wishing to make excuses for the man, I think it's fine to be sad that you're not married anymore. So do I. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think a lot of it is. It's like, oh, we split up. Well, I never fucking liked her anyway. Mm, yeah. And and partly because of his illness, again, not excusing, but mm. maybe explaining, it's taken to the nth degree. Yeah. And I've... because he's Kanye, no one says, oi, wind your fucking neck in. Mm, yeah. I, I, it just It just feels very... Dickish. Yeah. And, and not, it's worse than that, really. It's it just like, from a... From an artist who I like, who I adore, yeah. really, you know, like the behavior from him is, it's just like, it just reeks of like chauvinism and like entitlement and like how dare she a little bit. And as yeah. well, it's and not as if like she was knocking boots with him. And if I can't have her, no one else will. Yeah. Like, that, you know, it's just like, oh, just fuck off. Like, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not a great look. And it's, you know, if that was Johnny down the pub, you'd probably be thinking, "Fucking hell, someone ring the old bill." But you'd also t- you'd also say, "Stop being a dickhead, though." Yeah, yeah. And also, while the cost of living's going through the fucking roof, he puts his album out for two hundred dollars on a oh, fucking fuck, MP3 yeah. play of it. It's just, oh, yeah. hey, come on. Yeah. Corey Taylor was in um, one of the papers. The guy from Slipknot. He was yeah. just saying that everyone's been. Everyone's been going through it for two years. Now we've got this fucking war. Mm. And you're selling something for 200 quid a pop just so they can hear a few new Kanye yeah. songs. Like, wind your yeah. fucking neck in. Um, I guess that is that is the, the, the Kanye enigma, isn't it, really? You know. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad for that because it was something I think we should discuss after our loving we've had from recently. It's only fair that we... Equally point out when he's been an arsehole, yeah, yeah, and like you know, like I said, like he obviously isn't overly enamoured with uh, his ex-wife's new partner. And fair enough, you know, whatever. Don't really care. I kind of understand if he was like, I don't know anything. It's Pete Davidson, isn't he? Is he a comic or yeah. something? Yeah, he, he does like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, no, I would oh, understand like if he was like. If it was, if it's someone with a reputation for hell raising or yeah, drug yeah. abuse or anything like that, and then they're they're around your kids, you'd yeah. be concerned. But it didn't work out with your wife. That's really mm. sad. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I yeah. know you're probably going through that. Just don't be a wanker. Like you, you can't be doing what he's doing. No, no. Like he, and I don't know why. Again, don't know if he was doing it to try and like garner sympathy, but it did the opposite for me. Like screenshotted and put on his Instagram or his Twitter or something like a text from from Pete Davidson saying like I'm not interested in being in the middle of you and Kim and how you raise your children that's that isn't me that's you guys I just hope that one day we can all be friends and we can move past this and it, it seemed like such a normal mm. thing to say and like yeah he's kind of like Learn out of proportion, posting videos of him bearing him alive and like you know in animation, and it's yeah, it's. I don't think he's very well, like you said. I think you used the phrase. It doesn't excuse it, but it might explain it a little bit. But yeah, it's not. It's not good. It's very. It's very teenagey. My girlfriend dumped me, so I'm going to make her life hell. Yeah, and like when you're four years old, that's abuse, isn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> you well, know, to be fair, it's... fourteen it is as well, isn't it? But well, yeah, no, fair point, fair point. Um, but yeah, on a lighter note, yeah, have you got sucked into Wordle? Yes, yes, I so have. have yes. I. Have you found Hurdle? Now I've been sent Hurdle, and I tried a Hurdle, and I couldn't get anywhere near. It. Did you get from a few days ago Black Skinhead? Oh no, I, I, I've only like I said, I've only done one. Oh right, okay. So, so the other day it was um, it was Black Skinhead, and I got ah. pricked, like so, but I was like. That sounds like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And then I, then yeah, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh no, is it Depeche Mode or Tears for Fears, or someone like that? Mm-hmm. And like both Marilyn Manson and Tears for Fears are sampled in Black Skinhead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. I didn't get it. But you were right. But three I was times right three over. times over. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. We're actually making a show out of this. I know. Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe it. So yeah. we might not get onto the. Uh, Records later on, although no, we will. Um, quickly, have you, have you been listening to anything interesting in the last few weeks? It's been a while since I've actually seen you properly. It has, yeah. So, I, I'll be honest, I've been listening to two things, mainly one thing, and uh, that is the playlist I made for, for the boy, mainly. There's got some stuff for the girl on there, to be fair. Oh, on this playlist, so this is pretty much what's on every time you go in the car, give some highlights. Blitzkrieg Bot by the Ramones. The Spider-Man song. A load of stuff off in Canto. The Spider-Man song. Yeah. Mr. Blue Sky. Um, Come and Get Your Love. You know, the the um, Guardians of the Galaxy songs. Yeah, so we listen to that quite a bit, which is quite nice. It's sort of... And then, really random, the best song on that playlist. Maybe not, but a very good song. Heroes and Villains by the Beach Boys. Oh, right, yeah. Which is a really random song for a five-year-old to know, but it's on um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So I've listened to that quite a bit, and, you know, it's just sort of that kind of... When my kids were a bit there, though, we turned up at Dad's, right? And they knew all the words to Fox on the Run by Sweet. And Dad couldn't get his head, oh, yeah, get yeah, his yeah. head around how Isaac, at <laughs> like age six or whatever, knew all the words to a Sweet song. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, it's a good sign, that, isn't it? Ted's come home once from uh, after, after school and they've been at mum and dad's for tea. And dad was, I've never seen dad look so proud in all his life because Teddy was singing a Wurzel song back to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my five year old girl. Look at the size of that marrow. <laughs> Don't get surprises living in devices. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching swear words, that. The other thing that I've been listening to, and again, this is really random, um, and the main reason I've been listening to it is because I've actually only just worked out who it is, and I have said this to you, and that's Rex Orange County. Yeah, I gave it a little play earlier. It's really chilled, isn't it? It's really nice, isn't it? Like... He's got a cup that like, is one of those things. I go, oh, that's that guy. Oh, there's that song. Oh, and that song. So I thought I need to sort of have a listen here. So I just got his essentials up on Amazon, not on Amazon, on Apple Music. Um, I'm like, Keep It Up is his new single. And it's just a really good little song. And like, So he's got a new album out on Friday, isn't he? Yes. This Friday coming. Yeah. So I shall have a listen to that. Yeah. Before our next one, and maybe we can give it a proper review next yeah. time. Yeah, I just yeah, like mm-hmm. 
it hasn't changed my life, but I just there's a couple of really good songs on there. Like they're the singles, I think. Like Loving Is Easy, lovely song, ten out of ten, really good. Keep it up, this new one. Yeah, but just just something that sort of oh yeah, no, that has sort of perked my interest a little bit. So yeah, Rex Orange County. So you've been listening to your playlist of of the emo variety and the superhero I'll tell you variety. What, my emo playlist for Mans Hall. What what a like a Jake message. Jake me. messaged me. Yeah, no, well, Jake, yeah, yeah. No, so Jake said something like, um, oh, that's a play this mind. And I said, Yeah, I pre- press play on Tuesday. It's still going <laughs> now, <it's> Saturday. <laughs> I, I did do you know what I did see that. I didn't know whether that was because it's so long or because you keep replaying it. Or a lovely mixture of both. Both actually, yeah, there's loads on it, and there's about two and a half hours. Yeah, long. what did you think of it? Yeah, some of it's really good. But there's there's a definite emo sound. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was going to get onto that because I've been listening a lot to this new um, Avril Lavigne album and it's like very much Queen emo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's almost... uh, We won't get... We want to talk about it with Lily, really, but um, it's really good. It's not got like the poppiness of like the first album, which is the other one I'm familiar with. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think while stuff would sit on that first album quite well, there's nothing quite as good as the first. Yeah, album. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the the best song on the new one is as good as the worst song on Let Go. Yeah, did I meant to? I'm not sure if I did, but I meant to put uh, one of those new Avril Lavigne tracks on the. Oh yeah, I did find me. Yeah, which I don't is find me on the album, or is it a single? Sample? Yeah, it no, is. It is. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Again, um, other stuff I've been listening to other than Avril Lavigne. So, because I'm doing this Woodstock episode with Jamie, I thought I'd re-familiarise myself with some of the bands. So, I've been listening to Bush, and I've been listening to Offspring, nice. to Smash, because we don't really need an excuse to Smash. And I even tried to listen to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> How'd you get on with that? Oh, that was tough. Yeah, like. it's uh... it's just really like my initial feelings were well not much different to from the when it was first out was it i was gonna say it's boring but it's not it's boorish yeah yeah and there is it's just like oh for god's sake grow up yeah i know what you mean for some of like the homophobia and that in the lyrics he's telling you to suck his dick quite yeah 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 and it's like yeah i did it all for the nookie so you can take that cookie and shove it up Mm. yeah and you're just like, so what is he actually trying to tell us, Fred? Yeah, it's... it's. And like my hot take for Jamie is going to be that in the early 90s, the band... Well, I could get into it real deep. like, But so the, the, the bands that I was into, yeah, so Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, it still dealt with all that sort of angsty stuff, mm. but it was kind of... The focus was internal. Yeah. So it's like, shit's going on. I, it's not great what can I do to impact that? Yeah. And by the time you get to new metal, it feels a bit like shit's not working out for me, like, or, or whatever. What can change to suit me better? Yes. Yeah. So it's like, like the externals have to change rather than the person growing or what. Yeah. 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 That's what you're saying. Like, so the, the, the obvious example is, Kurt Cobain wrote, I hate myself and want to die. Fred Durst writes break stuff. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So Fred Durst takes it out on everyone around him. 
Yeah. Kirk Cobain internalizes. Yes. It yeah. 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 And uh, you know, and I know that's really blatant in mm. that's a sledgehammer of an. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. You mean? But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. It was hard work. <laughs> but and then I remember. But also, Steve used to listen to it though. Yeah. 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 He used to love all of that and nice. But I did think I was thinking that you know. There's not a lot new going on with Imp Biscuit. Oh no, no. There's supposed and there's supposed to be like you know the the vanguard of new metal and rap metal and whatever. But then I listened to that Shelter album today, Mantra. Uh, yes, and it's yeah, only yeah. half an hour, and they're like a hardcore punk Hari Krishna band. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, they, they, no, they do sing about like, like the religious teachings of the Hare mm. Krishna in that. Um, and there's about five songs off there that Fred Durst has definitely heard. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's from like '95. I don't know. I don't think Limp Biscuit were signed then. Yeah, they, like their first album came out in '97. But there's like there's about five songs on that Shelter album that could be would easily fit on a Limp Biscuit record. Yeah. But they're good. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we saw Shelter up in Leeds. Yeah, didn't we, we? yeah. We used to be saying that to me today, and I was like, I read, yeah. Once, once we realised what it was, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing them. I remember them being really good. Yeah, some some of it's like full on skate punk, isn't yeah. it? And then some of it's a bit more sort of rap metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, yeah. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. And it's only half an hour, mm. and you can spend half an hour on surf camp. Oh, absolutely. Um, Mike did send me a band called Turnstile to have a listen to, uh, which is a bit similar, a bit sort of hardcore, yes, funky, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not that not that hardcore, hardcore mm-hmm. like. Um, and I thought they were all right. Nice. I'll give them a bit more of a listen. I'll feed back to him next week. And I had the first Transplants album oh, on today. What a treat! Just just for shits and giggles, what a really. Treat. It's. I know we've we've been talking about it, DJ DJ. With, um, the, the Tim Armstrong episode where we're kind of cooking up but fuck me what a record what a record that is um way back when that was on my original list of 20 records this wasn't it it was and and i think we've mentioned before i like one of my memories of like you and Ben and Alex in the Navajos, and you went and played, you must have been your first gig up in Manhattan's. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 it, yeah. That's in the club in Hereford called Manhattan's, not in Manhattan. <laughs> and but afterwards, oh. <laughs> um, but afterwards, you were just sat around, like, on on the sofa. Obviously, you weren't drinking because you were, like, 14 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. sat on the sofa, and then that came on the, on the old jukebox, and then you were just dancing around to, was it... Um, <laughs> Uh, Diamonds and Guns. Uh, Diamonds and Guns. Woo-woo! Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I just thought, you bunch of fucking bricks. But yeah, you have <laughs> no, but you having such a good time. It's like you've just done your yeah, first yeah, gig, yeah, yeah. and I was like, yeah, quietly proud of you. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I look that album like I, I wouldn't. Well, to me, to me, when I heard that, that was like hearing the Beatles, as they say. <laughs> you know, it was just like fuck, man. Like, didn't know. Well, I did know, but like, it was sort of like, fucking hell. It, music can be anything. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I had a quite, quite an eclectic taste, but it was all kind of like, you know, it was all like rock music or it was, you know, punk Guitar music. Guitar based and drums. Yeah, yeah, that transplant. I was just like, fuck, man. It was like two of my favorite people as well. But like, yeah, that album. Um, if we ever get to a an Angry Barrels episode, they'll definitely get some hammer. 
that chap because that's you know even now like, I think like that transplant record is right up there on like terms of influences. Um, good practice for a barrels episode is going to be our indie disco because you're bringing about five of your mates in. Yes, and we're going we're going to have a in a, a shitty indie disco for our birthday in a couple of weeks' time mm-hmm. and. When I think of indie, I think of Shed 7 and the Long Pigs and Oasis and all of that crap, which I fucking hate. But it's very different for you guys because of the age difference. Yeah. So you're going to make me play this. Could you just give me a bit of a heads up on the sort of stuff we're going to be getting into? So what? So I'll tell you what. I'll give you the parameters, shall I? So the, the group chat has been blowing up over this. And I mean, like it's been constant. Like Monday, who texts me? One of them. So it's going to be me, Jace, who's been on the show before a couple of times, Alex Trezins, who did the Blink-182 episode way back when, and then my good friend Elliot, who is is Mr. Indie, really. When we were at school, he was, he was always to me, he was he was the indie kid. Um, is, that it? is that it for numbers? Or if word gets out, could it be more? Because we can have up to 100. No, no. <laughs> No, this will be it. And basically, we've been talking about it. And what we what we want to look at is what we've deemed like the second wave of indie British. Well, started off as British indie. Um, so, like, not we're not talking Oasis, Blur, Pulp. It's more so the the period we've put is two thousand and two, which is when the Libertines released up the bracket, through to two thousand and nine when Arctic Monkeys released Humbug, basically. So in terms of the like ages for you guys, what's that? So like 16 through to 24? Yes. Yeah, yeah about that. About that. So are, you, are you the oldest of them, are you? No, we're all, well, we're all, me, Elliot and Alex are the same age and Jace is a year younger. Originally, I wanted to say, let's go from 2006, which was the first Arctic Monkeys record came out. But we realised that there was quite a lot that, came out before then, so we shifted it back a bit. So those sort of three or four years, 06 to 09, of the re- you know, was when we were really into it. So that would have been like 19 through to sort of, yeah, early 20s, basically. Yeah. And the, the sort of bands that we're looking at are like Arctic Monkeys, Libertines, Razor Light, Ordinary Boys, Hard Fi, all that kind of thing. So, well, yeah, we're, we're putting a playlist together between us. I've, I've challenged them all to give me five songs each. And we end up with a 20-song playlist, will we? 20, yes, yes. And, I do, and I'm just going to have a sit back and let you go for it, and I'll rein you in when... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you so nothing... I'm, ho- I'm hoping it's not just going to be your reading off a list of gigs. I hope it's going to... A list of things. I hope it's going to be like, oh, I've chosen this. Oh, do you remember when we went to see them? And then we get a story about the time, I don't know, you left Jason behind in Manchester or some, some shit. There, there I don't know if that actually that. happened. But... That, that did never happen, but... Not to Jason, anyway. Maybe some of that. If you're interested, I can give you some of the talking points that... We've been. We're, I'm. I'm not very often prepared, but but yeah. So we we, we do have a, an actual list of you know the stuff because we we've been chatting about it. And I've been like, please stop talking. We need to save some of this for the podcast. So we've got quite a bit to chat about. So I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good. It'd be a nice one for our birthday. 
Yeah. So we're recording that on the 30th and and it should be out then the week of our birthday. It does coincide. So our birthday is going to coincide with um, commemorating the deaths of Lane Stadium and Kurt Cobain. So (laughs) I I think we'll have separate episodes for those. Yeah, that might, might bring the vibe down a little bit. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you you guys are all talking about your indie disco, and I'm crying in the corner. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, excellent. <laughs>